Well, they're here. 2024 Academy Award nominees have been announced, Kirk. People are mad. Some people are happy. Most people are mad. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about who got nominated, who didn't get nominated. Were they snubs? Were they flubs? Were they dubs? Dubs? You know, we're going to go through it all. This is our 2024 Academy Awards nominees reactions. Let's get into it right now. Presented by St. Louis Area Smoothie Kings. Now, here are your hosts, Cam and Kirk. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We are absolutely thrilled to have you here. With me, as always, and rocking some air guitar, my fabulous co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. And I'm your other co-host, Cam. Kirk, on Tuesday morning... Of this week, today's uh, Thursday, for those of you wondering when this was recorded, Thursday, January 25th. I get asked that a lot. When it was recorded? They say, when was that episode recorded? What, oh. what time, what day, what were you wearing? You can find it on YouTube, I think. I always put the recording date on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sometimes we do we double up like we're doing tonight. They so. ask me, what did you have for dinner that night? <laughs> they do. What kind of pants are you wearing? Because they can't see our pants, Cam. Yeah, that's true. Uh, usually not pants, usually shorts. For Cam's me. rocking shorts. I'm rocking sweatpants. I never wear sweatpants to recordings. Yeah. I'm usually a jeans guy all day, so all night. So maybe the vibe will be good, better, it, worse. It's Is it comfier? We'll find out. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, but on Tuesday of this week, the 23rd, at an awkward early morning announcement thing stream live stream Mm. we got the 2024 nominees for the academy awards the 96th academy award nominees i know it feels like there should be something there so thank you for adding that a little flourish yeah we're gonna get into it kirk today like we always do anytime we get awards uh academy awards nominees we got to dig into it we got to go through it we're not gonna go every category because that would be i mean you wouldn't even want to hear that trust me um i know that because we used to do that we did. We did. <laughs> and it was painful. It was it was really truly painful. So if there's anything we miss, please drop your uh, your thoughts in the comments or uh, in a review or wh- whatever you need to do so that we can we can talk about it there. We can always talk about it on our Discord server as well if we don't get into something you want to talk about. I know that someone out there is screaming, "Why didn't you talk about makeup on the podcast? Yeah. Why didn't you talk about sound? Mm. Sound design." Tell what? me, tell me all the things about sound design, <laughs> <laughs> live action film, uh, feature film, or sorry, short film, short subject, <laughs> yes, documentary, <laughs> international. No, we're gonna we're gonna get into the categories that the the big acting categories, the screenplay, the picture, the directing, all the ones where people go, this person got snubbed and that person, you know, shouldn't have been in here and whatever else. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get into it all right now, Kirk. And I made a PowerPoint. <gasps> I have brought a visual aid. I, oh. I sure did. I sure did. So we're going to give that a roll, Kirk, and we're going to go through this, um, through the major categories here. But before we do, mm. um, should we do Animation Station or 
Do you want to wait to the we, end of the episode? Are we doing that? We could do the end of the episode if you'd like. Are we doing it at all? But I mean, we owe the fans it. I know, but on this episode? Well, let's see what our time looks like, and we will try. We'll try, because I know <laughs> that they want to hear my thoughts on House Kiki's, Fla- Kiki's Howling Moon Kingdom. Castle in the Sky. Yes. Yeah, that's a great movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I personally can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. We'll see. We'll see if this is the right time. Okay. We'll feel it out. We'll feel it out. Um. So let's get into it, Kirk. 96th Academy Awards nominees. We're going to start the same way the show starts with the acting categories. Oh, I thought you were going to say <laughs> with a, with a, a, monologue. Ter- a terrible monologue <laughs> from a washed up comedian. <laughs> uh, yes. No, I wish. Whose name rhymes with Mo Joy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Poor guy. Poor guy. Uh, but we're going to start with the best supporting categories. So we're going to start with best supporting actress. The nominees are Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers, America Ferreira for Barbie, Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple, Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, and Jodie Foster for Nyad. Kirk, the thing that is, the the nomination here that is stealing headlines is America Ferreira. This one came out of totally left field. If you went to, if you ever go on the site Gold Derby, where they kind of like track expert predictions on who's going to be nominated for what and who's going to win. Every category that they predicted was right about in line. A few variances here or there, down a few spots, up a few spots, whatever. And then there's this category <laughs> where it was like, there's, you know, there's, there's divine joy Randolph, the presumptive favorite, Danielle Brooks, Emily Blunt, Jody Foster. And then boom, like <laughs> slot after slot, after slot, after slot, after <laughs> slot, missed America Ferreira. Slot number 1,000. This was, this was a shocker. Were you shocked by this? I was shocked by this. Um, I think America Ferreira is actually a good actress. Agree. I've seen her in several of her uh, pieces, uh, whether it be film or whether, whether it be a streaming TV series. Uh, and I really think she's great, but I do not believe that this performance warrants greatness or great accolades like the Academy Awards. Yeah, I agree, and I, I, I think for me, when I'm looking at the list of actors who are in this category or potentially in this category, I, like Gold Derby and like many other experts that were out there, not that I'm an expert, had many performances above this one, yes. including uh, Rachel McAdams for Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, um, Julianne Moore for May, December, Florence Pugh for Oppenheimer. I mean, the list goes on. I think there are quite a few so this is really out of left field. And what this what this really feels like is the Academy wanting to acknowledge that particular piece of writing, uh, her her monologue and, and how she performed it. Yes. I gotta be honest, and I know we were talking in the group chat about this with Stefano, like I've gone back and revisited parts of her performance and I I I I think she's a good actor, and I don't think there's anything wrong with the performance, but I'm really struggling figuring out how this is an acting nomination for her. It, mm-hmm. it just, it's, there's nothing that stands out or goes above and beyond. It's really just like she delivered that monologue in, in a way that people thought was effective and in a way that impacted people. And so they're giving her this award, but that's just, I, I think that's wrong. Well, that's what's sad because that monologue could have been effective, effective. Yeah. And it wasn't the first like 12 seconds are good. Yeah. And then it just derails because now that we know from the behind the scenes clips is that she shot that over 50 times. 
Oh, so, really? So she was exhausted. Oh, wow. I think it. I think it was one of the final takes that they took and put in the film as well. It's they shot it over fifty times. Yeah, I. Th- I think the th- problem that I have with that monologue is that it's spoon feeding the premise of the movie to everyone, mm-hmm. whereas the premise was already understood by people who are watching it. Yeah. And so it kind of kills the effect of the satire. We talked about it in our review. Yeah. Anyway. Go listen. You don't give an acting nomination for a a writing, a piece of writing. You give an acting nomination because somebody acted really well. And I think, you know, in this category, I will admit, I don't think it's all that harmful because I think Divine Joy Randolph is probably the runaway right. here. Uh, she was stellar and deserves... She's who we should be talking about right now. But... Um, it still sucks because there's lots of people on that list that that I mentioned that have not been nominated for an Academy Award. Um, I mean, it, it's just, it would be, I wish they hadn't done it in this way because it takes right. away from America Ferreira. It takes away from, it's it's just kind of like the Andrea Riseborough situation last year. Yeah. Where it's like, now she doesn't get to enjoy her moment because it was this like whole political coup that they staged mm-hmm. and this feels very similar it does feel very similar but the the only changeover is that uh injure resbro was a had a fantastic performance yeah uh, right that that whole film was was wonderful that it was like hard to argue with it right. necessarily it's like i watched it because of the controversy and i said well homegirl's good so like let her keep the nomination <laughs> Yeah, and in this one, it's like, well, America Ferrera has she done other work that would get her Academy nominated? I've not seen all of all of her things, um, but I know that she is a good actress. Yes, but this doesn't get her in the door. Yep, I agree. Do you think? And I, I, I should have said this at the outset. Do you think anybody has a chance at this award besides Divine? You know what? I the, the only movie on this group I've not seen the color purple. So. I actually I haven't seen it either. Yeah. So I don't know. But, I mean, Danielle Brooks is a phenomenal actor. So right. I think I would love for Emily Blunt to get a crack at it. I don't think she will. I just thought she was really good in yeah. that movie. So I, th- I think she was good. I think Divine just swims away with this I reward. I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on. Um, two, Best Supporting Actor, or as they call it, what do they call it? Best Actor in a Supporting Role. That's right. Um, we've got the nominees Robert De Niro from Killers of the Flower Moon. Sterling K. Brown from American Fiction, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things, and Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. Um, I'll go first here. I, I don't have any major surprises here. I think Sterling K. Brown is only a surprise because of the uh, lack of screen time that he had sure. in that film. Like, I feel like um, in some ways, and we're going to talk about American fiction this week and have an episode about it, so I don't want to play my hand too much here, but like, in some ways, it almost makes his performance more more impressive because he has less screen time. Yes. But it also, like, it's another situation where you're like, you're looking at Charles Melton from May, December. Um, I think that's the one for me that feels the most like, oh, man, or, or maybe, um, uh, what's the kid's name from the holdover, Sessa? Uh-oh. What was his first name? He's got I a crazy remember. name. Rufus? No. No. Um, but anyway, <laughs> like there are some there are some people there that had more screen time and and could have had a um a real shot at it. But I like Sterling K. Brown's performance, and I don't I don't think it's that big of a surprise. And I feel like oh Dominic 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 Sessa. Um, what what did you think about this category? You know, uh, to play devil's advocate, do we know like the runtime difference between? Um, Sterling K. Brown and uh, 
Charles Melton. What's the name? Yeah, Charles Melton. Charles Melton. No, because but it felt like more to me. I feel like Charles Melton has longer scenes. Okay. Um, but I wonder if their screen time is similar. I really do. I really do. This is because, and this only is because I just watched American Fiction last night. Yeah. So it's fresh. Yeah. And it is limited, but um, he does a stellar job as as concentrated and as memorable of a performance as Charles Melton. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know about the. For me, the controversy is mm-hmm. not there on that one. Um, but I do want to see Robert Downey take this one for just for funsies. I think he's. The, pres- the odds on favorite. I feel like that has sort of been like the Ryan Gosling versus Robert Downey Jr. race has been what everybody's been talking about in this award category since whenever they came out in July up uh, Barbenheimer, whenever that happened. Yep. Um, yep. And that's still the case. And I think at the time it was like Ryan Gosling absolutely steals the show in, in Barbie, but Robert Downey Jr. Everybody was like, that's, that's the one. That's right. the one. And I, and I tend to agree with that. I think, I would probably go Robert Downey Jr. number one, and I don't really have any qualms with that. But at the same time, like any of these guys gets it, and I'm I'm feeling okay. My wife uh, is almost through Oppenheimer. She's trying to watch it <laughs> <laughs> through the night uh, when the, when the baby wakes up, like just turns on Oppenheimer for some good clean fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> really lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, you know, super feather light comedic. So she gets uh, she gets halfway through the movie and she says, "Wait a second. That's Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it is shocking. Yeah, she forgot, and she like something uh, that he did. Um, she believes that it was probably in a vocal inflection because she's very like in tune with people's dialects. Yeah, she says, "Oh my gosh, it just like clicked that that was him." Uh, so I, th- I think that if you can submerse yourself so deep in a character to to trick people into not knowing what actor you are, even though you are a billion dollar actor. That's right. pretty impressive. It, it is. That is definitely impressive. Um, all right, moving on. Unless you have more to say about Let's stay actor. here. Let's just like leave it on here. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere. No, I feel like this is like one of the least <laughs> controversial categories that there are, that there were. Well, let's get into a sticky situation with best actress. Yeah. Best actress. Uh, so the, the nominees are Emma Stone uh, in poor things. Lily Gladstone from Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller from Anatomy of a Fall, Annette Benning from Niad, and Michelle. I put Michelle Williams. No, it's <laughs> Carrie Mulligan. It was Michelle Williams on the slide last time. Yeah, uh, sorry. Is, that is Michelle Williams. Also, there. I get them confused, so that's probably why I didn't update the text. Oh no, no. is this a, a John Cusack Nick Cage it situation? Is, it is similar. It is similar for me. <laughs> uh, like I. Like if you if you had him in the same room, I would have a hard time pinpointing <laughs> Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. Apologies, I love Carrie Mulligan. Oh yeah, slash Michelle Williams. <laughs> <laughs> they are fantastic. Yes, Both they are. Them. So uh, I think she would agree. So I think we're, we're pulling gonna, for you, Michelle. Yes, we are. We absolutely are. Um, so the big big snub here potentially is Margot Margot Robbie. I mm-hmm. think most people anticipated that she would be nominated for the award. How do you feel about this list of nominees and uh, Margot being left out? Is there anybody else that was left out that you feel like shouldn't be there or just Margot or what? Uh, You know, one of the, this is maybe controversial, but you know, I really lean into how much I enjoyed the film. Uh, Are you, Oh gosh. (laughs) Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Yeah, right. And there, there are two glaring omissions from from those lists. And the first one, of course, is um, Rachel McAdams 
from best supporting. I yep. mean, she just from one scene alone, which you could say is writing. You know, that's that's the arguable moment, like with the America Ferrera. But there are there's just expert acting level. Oh yeah, in in a moment that is the crutch and thesis of the entire film. If that scene didn't land, the movie wouldn't be as great. So 100%. and Rachel McAdams. Just we we are we're not worthy. We're she's not worthy. she's awesome, man. And then the the young actress who plays Margaret in Are You There, God of Margaret? Yes, Margaret, Abby Ryder Fort Fortson. Um, I don't remember quite the year, but maybe it was the year that uh, uh, Beasts of the Southern Wild came out. It was the last time we got a young actor yeah. nominated, a young actress, and I feel like it was time for, to do this. I mean, this was an out, just a, a debut outbreak role. Um, she's been in several of the things. I think she played uh, the first Cassie in Ant Man, the daughter. Right? Yeah. Uh, but this this is what's what's really frustrating is that she's not in there. Um, I mean, I don't really argue that the other ones are not deserving, but I really wish that something would have been I don't know a little bit shaken up a little here. I want I really wanted them at least to have a shot. Yeah, they need they need an Academy category for young actors. And they used to have one. They have one in what? The SAG Awards? There's a few of them. Critics Choice, I think, has a... And I think... I don't know if it's SAG, but there's a few different award committees out there that have a Young Actors Award. Yeah. And I am 1 million percent in favor of it. Right. There was a period of time where the Academy would do it. And there was always a little bit of grumbling, bumbling about it. Like, oh, well, how can you really? I mean, they're, they're kids and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like Jacob Tremblay in, in Room. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, like, uh, I mean, Haley Steinfeld in True Grit. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of really good young actor performances, and there were a few this year. So there needs to be a category because I, I, I don't – I understand why people get kind of grumbly about it, but I think there should be a, a separate designation for I it. I agree. They used to call, if, if I remember correctly, the category for the Oscars, for the Academy Awards, used to be called the Junior Oscars. Mm. And I don't know if they gave it out at the at the big ceremony or the day before, uh, but either way, they got one. Uh, one famous story, I love this story, is that the original actress and the original Parent Trap, where she plays both twins, she actually got that Oscar. Oh, nice! And lost it for like forty years, <laughs> and then somehow someone found it and want and got it back to her. Like, oh my it, it's, gosh, it's absolutely insane! I, I, and it was a, I was like, what Oscar did she win? You know, it was a Junior Oscar for her role at that time, and I was like, this is this should happen again. I really want it to come back. Yeah, and some of those people don't like when you when you're a kid actor you don't always carry that into your adulthood right. so that might be like your one crack at it i mean it's always your one crack at it right, right. i mean it's not easy to get nominated for one of these awards charlie buckets was in one film <laughs> willy wonka and the chocolate factory now he's a science teacher he right. could have had an academy award it's true it's true maybe should have i don't know um yeah i mean uh, so about this category specifically um i get the margo stuff i think here's the thing i if I'm an Academy member and I'm voting, I don't vote for Margot Robbie. Yeah. And the reason is, well, first of all, I had Greta Lee above her on my list. I actually had Margot seventh on my hierarchy of best actress. I had these five stunning performances ahead of it. And um, the thing about Margot's performance in Barbie, and this is obviously no slight on her as an actor because she's unbelievable, but mm-hmm. that that character is because of the just the nature of it is a little too um it's it's the protagonist 
right? Yep. And it's not a complex character. It needs to be straightforward because she is the audience surrogate in a way. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's a little, it's not as multidimensional as a lot of different roles and it doesn't require her to use the full breadth of her range, which we know is extensive because she's insane. I, I mean, I, Tanya, comes oh. to mind like she's she's Gosh. unbelievable so it, it's obviously no slight on her performance it's just the role i don't think suited itself and when you look at these other five performances and this is the thing when people say snubs people are so quick to call snub but they can if you go who would you who would you kick out they they can't always come up with it and you look at this list uh michelle williams michelle williams at the top of the list carrie mulligan <laughs> emma stone lily gladstone uh Sandra Huller, Annette Benning. You cannot make a compelling argument that any of them should be removed. No. You just and, can't. And if you're at home screaming Annette Benning, you need to go back and watch Dude, Nyad. Nyad is insane. That, like, the performances are insane. Yes, they're so good. Yeah. And specifically, like, I could, you could argue Jodie Foster out of that, out of the supporting and throw Rachel McAdams in it. I mean, I think yeah, that, would, that would be a good swap. I agree. But I think Jodie Foster still does an excellent job. I really do. But Annette Benning, holy cow. It's That's her moment, man. You know how, like, in Captain Phillips, your heart doesn't stop uh, racing above 190 while you're watching that film? Yeah. Uh, that's how I felt during Nyad, watching her swim. Annette Benning, I'm like, she's going to die filming this. And at the end, we're going to say, we're going to see the guy on text that says, rest in peace, Annette Benning. <laughs> in loving memory. <laughs> oh, she was so committed. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, seriously, it felt like that. Yes. It's, it's an unreal performance. In fact, I feel like she's higher on my list than some of these ladies. I mean, I, I but again, the thing about Margot is like you can you can yell snub, but I'm just saying, like, what performance are you taking out? And right. and all of these performances were like range galore, and the Barbie character just wasn't written in that way. And so I, I just don't think for me. The, the snub outrage for Margot specifically, it's unfounded. Here's what's going to happen. Because this has been such a big story. Yeah. She's going to have some amazing film that comes out in the next eight months. Yeah. I probably already filmed. I have no idea what it is. And then she's going to get nominated. And then she's going to win. Right. So, And it'll be a better role, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, she was uh, incredible. Babylon is such a messy, weird movie. Mm. She was fantastic in it. She's an unbelievable performer. Yes. She's going to go on to do amazing things, win a ton of awards, be a generational talent, someone that people talk about for a long time. And that's what happens when you start your life on an Australian soap <laughs> opera for 190 episodes. Yeah, right, right. Uh, sometimes, apparently. I'm going to go get into <laughs> Australian soap operas yeah, right now. Apparently. Though, man, a lot of a lot of talent comes out of Australia. It's, oh yeah, it's wild. Listen, we had we had the English takeover for such a long time. Yes, and, and now we're we're in the Australian Irish phase. I, I think you're right, man. Mm -hmm. There's there's something in the water, and there's some new New Zealanders that pop in there. They're like, oh, I'm here too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's wild. Um, we welcome you with open arms. <laughs> Who do you have taken this award? It's going to go to Lily Gladstone, but it, uh, Annette Benning could be the upset here. Yes. In my books. Yeah, I like that. Man, this is so hard. I got to go Emma Stone. Okay. I just thought that was, that performance was crazy. Totally un unabashed. Absolutely nuts. Nice. Okay, moving on to best actor in a leading role. We've got Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, 
Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction and Bradley and Austin Cooper. Butler for Maestro. <laughs> Bradley Cooper for Maestro. Oh. I got the names right on this slide, Kirk. <laughs> Hopefully that's the only one I messed up the rest of the way. We'll find out. I'm we'll, so excited. We'll watch with bated breath to see what happens. Um, okay, so this category. This is where I feel like snubs. Snubs were made. Okay. <laughs> Snub, snubs happened here, Kirk. Snub City. <laughs> I got Coleman Domingo out of this category. Easily. That movie is not good. Rustin. And I know that it's about the performance. I'll just say it. That performance is caricature-ish. And his supporting cast is like his his immediate scene partners in most scenes are not good actors. There are some good actors in that movie. Like there's there's a lot of different random cameo type performances by Jeffrey Wright and others. And uh I think isn't Chris Rock in that movie? Well, I don't know because I saw about five minutes of oh. this movie, and Coleman Domingo is in that five minutes, and I shut it off because I I was so annoyed by his character. Yeah, it's very caricaturish, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's 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 overacted. Yeah, I mean the I, entirety of the film. It's it I, is. I can't stand that. So I, I I've not watched the film, and I I can't do it. I just can't. And that's and and here's that's what I'm saying. Like for when you have a snub, who are you taking out? For me, it's Coleman Domingo here. Mm-hmm. The other the other four gentlemen, well deserved. I don't have I don't have any qualms with any of it. Yeah. And who who would I replace him with? Either Leo, mm-hmm. which I think it probably should have been Leo. Leo who? Leo Smith. <laughs> yeah. If you if it, if it's a first name basis, I mean, <laughs> but also like, that's a crazy character. Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm-hmm. He plays it to an absolute T. It's unreal. And then Zach Efron. I had Zach Efron here, yeah. too. I would have taken either. Uh, but Rustin, no. Uh, it just... No. No. Uh, just just no. <laughs> I mean, No is a full sentence. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm at. I... I don't know. What about you? I would agree. I, I, I'm always going to put Leo in. I love him so much. Again, I think his performance uh, got shuffled, uh, got diminished because the narrative got messy in Killers of the Flower mm-hmm. Moon for him. And I haven't seen the Iron Claw yet, but I, I've only heard Zac Efron being lifted like his Wildcats did at the end of <laughs> High School Musical 1, 2, and 3. And I want to see him win. So The Iron Claw to me is like... I. There's a lot of categories I could have seen that film participate in in the Oscars, and it got mm. shut out. So crazy! I know, I know. I just, I don't know. I don't think the Academy took notice of it for whatever reason. I had it in my top ten. I mean, you know this. I had it number eight in my top ten of 2023. I think it was really good. So I was bummed by that. I, 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 Zach Efron Oscar nomination would have sent me to the moon. I would have been so happy. Yeah. I think he deserves it. And I don't know when he'll get another shot. Hopefully soon. But. The real question is, who's taking this this award home? Paul Giamatti has momentum. Yeah, he does. He I really mean, does. he's really surging. I think Killian Murphy was the presumptive favorite all year, and right now I'm like, eh. if I had made my Joaquin Phoenix tattoo bet on Killian Murphy, I would be sweating <laughs> profusely. <laughs> profusely. Though Adam Driver really gave me a run for my money that year for Marriage Story. He did. Whew. It was so close. That was a sweat galore, but I, th- I don't know. I think they should reveal the vote counts some. I, I do. Yeah, I want to see it. That'd be pretty cool. I want to know. Yes, I agree. That would be great. This one's really hard um, because I've seen four out of the five films. Again, 
recency bias, Jeffrey Wright was incredible in American fiction. So good. Um, every every one of them, uh, they are masters at diving into their characters. Um, I think Oppenheimer is going to sweep at the Oscars. So I'm going. Ooh. Wow. Sweep except for Emily Blunt. Yeah, she's not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a second. These, they will there's, win. There's, some, there's some contradictory <laughs> language going on here. They're up for 13. They'll get 12 out of 13. This is going to be the category that kills me because Killian Murphy, Paul Giamatti, Jeffrey Wright, this is like their moment. Yeah. These are guys, these are unsung heroes. These are guys who have been lurking in the shadows for years, you know, delivering great performance after great performance. I mean, Jeffrey Wright, his range is ridiculous. He does all these different things, plays all these different gadget type roles, and then boom, here he is, just comes to life. Mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti, same exact thing. Killian Murphy, same thing. It's like, ah, uh, two of those guys are not getting it. And I don't know. I, I mean, I guess And on the one hand, I'll be happy if it's any of those three. But I just don't know. I don't know who's going to get it. I would still pick Killian, but I I think it might be Paul Giamatti. And, and I mean, it would be so well-deserved if he got it, too. Oh, yeah. So, it I mean, really would. It's it's This one's very tough. Very hard. All right, let's move on. But before we move on to the next category, we have to give a special thanks to our sponsor, St. Louis Area Smoothie Kings. Yeah, Uh, These guys are the best. It's it's the end of January now, and it is not too late to to restart your New Year's resolution. I hear a lot of people say, oh, I've already given it up. Don't give it up. You don't have to. It's still January. Just pick it right back up. And Smoothie King is the right place to help you do that. You've got nutrition goals. Everybody does to an extent, right? Everybody's got some sort of nutrition goals, even if it's just to not eat out, even if it's just to, you know, not eat fast food. Smoothie King is not, it's, it's, it's good food. It's fast, but it's not junky, greasy, fast food. No gut bombs, no nothing. They've got delicious smoothies and smoothie bowls. And with them, you know it's always going to be organic fruits and veggies. You know it's always going to have no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. It's real food. It's blended exactly to your specifications with whatever you want. Right now, I've been favoring the shredder strawberry with a little bit of kale because I find that the shredder strawberry is a little bit milkshakey for me, which a lot of people love. Uh I mean, a milkshake is delicious. But for me, when I'm doing a meal replacement, I want something a little bit... Um, more balanced out in terms of flavor. I don't want it too rich so I can drink the whole thing. Add some kale in it, some leafy greens. Oh, delicious. Uh, 32 ounces, 470 calories, 66 grams of protein. It's Whoa. ridiculous. Uh, so that's what I'm talking about. You can cater it to your day, to your nutritional needs. Smoothie King in the St. Louis area here. We've got them over here on our side of the river at 660 Carlisle Avenue in East Belleville, as well as 3401 Namioki Road in Granite City. They're also all over the place in St. Louis, including by uh, Barnes Jewish Hospital. So stop in at St. Louis Area Smoothie Kings today and rule the day and get back on those New Year's resolutions. You can do it. We believe in you. 66 grams of protein. I think you are on your way to Iron Claw 2, Cam. I think I you're just That's, building. Yes, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. <laughs> the muscle mass me, is just Next, tiny. I have to actually fight Jeremy Allen White. That, that's what the producers <laughs> told me. They told me I have to fist fight him. And I don't know if you saw those Calvin Klein ads that he did, Kirk, but oh. it's it's an uphill battle for me right no now. No one could have missed those Calvin no, Klein no, ads. No, so I'm, I'm scared, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Uh, one, one smoothie at a time. Okay, moving right along. We've got Best Director. Now, this is the one, Kirk. This is the one that really had people flipping their lids. 
The nominees are Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall, Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest, Mm -hmm. Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, and Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things. Now, Kirk, there's one person missing here, and it's Greta Gerwig, director Mm -hmm. of Barbie. Do you feel like that's a snub? No. Okay, elaborate. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually smart. That's actually really smart. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but people are a little touchy when it comes to this subject on the internet this week. Um, So, yeah. My explanation is not to push you to another episode on our podcast, but... My explanation is in full, uh, is full front and center in our review of Barbie on the Barben, yeah. the Barbenheimer episode. Um, it mostly comes down to the first half of this film is actually incredible. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. In the bar, in the blissful Barbie state world, beautiful and excellent, and then it falls apart when they get to the real world fast. And as the director, you need to hold the attention uh, of your audience and momentum and pacing and writing uh, was her (laughs) as well. So she had a lot of control and she wasn't able to see the things that were failing to click with the characters and progressively make sense. So it's, um, it's unfortunate, but I I do agree that she should not be in this one, which is so weird because she, that film made so much, not only uh, monetary value to to help uh, the movie theaters across the, the world, yep. which is fantastic yes. and such an incredible feat, um, but also a social phenomenon. Yes. I mean, the way Huge. that parents and and siblings were bringing uh, the, all the all the girls and and boys to this movie, yep. and dressing up and taking pictures, and it was it was an event. Absolutely, uh, it was very impressive. That that part of it was. Yeah, absolutely, and I don't think I don't think you can overstate that. I think it really is. It's a, it's a moment. It's a, a watermark. I tried to get a picture and my wife didn't want to do it. I said, look at this Barbie car. It's going to be fun. And and she said, absolutely not. Wow. Rude, rude. Um, here's my take. We've, we've been tiptoeing around the Barbie thing this episode. I'm just going to go headlong into it. Okay. Do it. Here's the thing. I don't think that Margot Robbie was a snub. I said that. I don't think that Greta Gerwig was a snub. I have other directors above Greta Gerwig. I have other films above Barbie on my list for the year. Barbie did not make my top 10 list of 2023. Lots of people are like that. And some of them apparently are in the Academy of of, uh, Arts and Science. I mean, I think this is just because someone gets selected and someone else doesn't doesn't mean that that's a snub and it doesn't mean that there's gender bias going on and things like that. Is there gender bias in Hollywood? 1 million percent. Does that mean that this category reflects the gender bias and Margot Robbie's snub reflects the gender bias? Let me tell you something. Ryan Gosling getting nominated for best supporting actor. He, he apologized for that yesterday, essentially like put out a press release to be like, uh, you know, in support of Greta Gerwig and and Margot Robbie, because his publicist was so scared at the the optics of him getting nominated and Margot and and Greta not getting no- nominated. Guess what? 
they are not up for the same awards mm-hmm. at all. He didn't get nominated at their expense. Right. And uh, Margot Robbie didn't lose out on nominations to men. Mm-hmm. She was beaten in the nominations by five other fantastic performances by women, none of which anybody can say don't deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. So that is not a stub. And so when we, we get to the Greta thing, and this is where people really anchor themselves and say, this is where the injustice is. This is where the gender bias is. Let me tell you something. Justine Triate, female. Mm-hmm. She was nominated. And let me tell you something else. If you really want to be outraged about it, and you should be, there is 1,000% of gender bias in Hollywood, and we should all be upset about it. But people only act like they're upset when these awards come out. They don't act upset the other 364 days of the year. And let me tell you why you should. Because there was a study by the Center uh, of Women in Television and Film at San Diego State University. And they found that studios employed fewer women directors in 2023. An astonishing 16% of the top 250 top grossing films in 2023 were directed by women. Now that is something that's an outrage. Wow. You know what 20 we you know what 16% rounds up to in the nearest 10th? No. 20. 20%. 16% oh, rounds sorry. up to 20%. Yes, I do know that number. You know what you know what that is? 1 out of 5. You know how many women got nominated for best director? 1, One out, out of, of five. 5. This so this is a this is a reflection of an industry-wide problem. Stop acting like you're upset just when these awards come out. Put your best foot forward. If you if you want to virtue signal and be like, oh, I'm for the cons, blah, 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 Greta Gerwig, you're not. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're a liar because nobody's saying anything about the lack of female directors overall. They're all just chirping about these awards because of this one movie that everybody loves, and that's great. I'm, I'm thrilled for mm-hmm. everybody who loves it, but stop. Just stop. I, I, <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm just like, I'm so over it, dude. Every year we do this. And every year I'm like, you know, the Academy of Arts and Sciences, the people who vote on these awards, it's a diverse voting body. Mm-hmm. And that's reflected in these nominations. There's no, I mean, I don't see any clear issues in these nominations this year. In years past, you can make an argument for it. Mm-hmm. There are times where it's like, this person should have gotten nominated and maybe they didn't because they're black or maybe they didn't because they're gay or maybe they didn't because they're a woman. That's fine. This year, no, I'm, I'm tired of it. Stop trying to push agendas. Just get over it. Wow, I mean, staring Rant into your, over. staring into your brown, beautiful eyes, Cam. <laughs> when you said one out of five, I think my heart stopped. <laughs> that the, enough. The math, the statistics. I went for it, man. Incredible. I'm done. Um, wow, I mean, you can't. You have no right to argue anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Case it's, closed. Come at me, bro. It's it's that simple. So if you want more female directors, uh, they need to be hired. We gotta go. We gotta go fight for it. You know, support mm-hmm. support the films. You know, another fantastic female director directed her first feature film this year, named Celine Song. Yes, that film is called Past Lives. That film is incredible. Mm-hmm. In my top five of twenty twenty three, she's not nominated here either. We need to have more women directing movies. Right. They have something to say. It's interesting. There's a lot of great movies that are directed by women. The fact that you've got Anatomy of a Fall and Past Lives and Barbie and others this year just shows that they should be hiring more women for directing jobs. So, I mean, let's start Let's start at the studio level right. before we start taking it out on the Academy Awards, which is doing their best job to, 
you know, and, and there's narratives and there's politics and we see all of that, whatever. But I mean, come on. I mean, and women are the ultimate collaborators. So I absolutely. Mean, That's I've, been in my experience professionally. I, yeah, so, I've, yeah. I've never seen a woman who's like, get away from me. <laughs> Clear, clear this room. I, this is this is my space. I really don't see that. So I, I feel like they they are innately uh, just more in tune to direct films. So I really think it's just the studios not giving them the opportunity. Yep. Uh, we just went through you know half a year or what a hundred almost one hundred eighty days of strikes for this. So yep. I yep. think that this should hopefully those contracts were already turning uh, to make twenty twenty four open up that that absolutely and open up that percentage absolutely um now back to the award itself no 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 we're gonna talk about this (laughs) i just had to get that i was just like dude i'm over it anyway christopher nolan has never been directed or has never been nominated for this award kirk he's also never been directed for this award. he's never been directed for this award either (laughs) because that doesn't mean anything at all (laughs) he's never been nominated kirk and i think he's gonna win it I think he's going to win it. One for one. It'd be fantastic. That's epic, right? Mm-hmm. And also, how has he never been nominated for this award? How indeed? Because <laughs> he's he's had films nominated. Yes. Inception, Dunkirk, others. Yes. I'm sure. It I don't know. no sense. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's, it's shocking. Um, it's kind of like, you know, although Marty was different. Martin Scorsese was nominated several times. And, yes. And didn't win Best Director until The Departed. Which is incredible. Oh man, I love The Departed. Yes, it's it's based off, but it's it's a it's a remake, you know, um, which is always blows my mind. I always forget about it. I'm like, oh yeah, it is a remake uh, of another film. But Oppenheimer, I don't see how anyone else wins this except for no, Nolan. It's, it's for me, it's the it's his commitment to practical effects for mm-hmm. this movie. I mean, how. You know, I get he had a bigger budget than, say, like, Justine Triet or, you know, Jonathan Glazer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's not apples to apples. But him taking a big movie budget like that, committing himself to recreating all this stuff, the scale, the accuracy. I mean, come on. And it's the story. The story is the strongest throughout all of these. And he was just committed to it. I mean, I I think that's the winner. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on. Best original screenplay. Uh, this is always an interesting category because I feel like adapted screenplay tends to have more of the like best picture winners mm-hmm. in it over the years. It just kind of shakes out that way. But the nominees this year are The Holdovers, May, December, Past Lives, Anatomy of a Fall, and Maestro. This is an interesting category. This, this is, is an interesting category. It really is. It really, really is. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I, I don't know where I go here. Yeah. Now, I've not seen Anatomy of a Fall yet. That's my only one missing. Uh, I'll, I'll watch it, though, before the Oscars. Anatomy of a Fall is great. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's its own thing. And it's really sharp. I think that's one of my top two here. I think, I I don't know. I think I would go that and probably Past Lives, because I just think those are the most interesting Stories, but the holdovers, the characters, the ah oh man, it's tough. It's tricky because the acting, everything merges so well for the holdovers. Yes, but then when I when I try to put this, uh, uh, when I try to do the winner for this, I close my eyes. Close your eyes with me, Cam. Yep, I'm, I'm on. Are it. they closed? Or are you yes. just pretending? No, nope, they are closed. So, and you too, listeners, close your eyes too, please. Yes. I try to imagine the screen playing and the script going, just slowly fading as we watch the scene play out. And I try to look at the think of the beauty of it. Yes, uh, of of the the music to the to the script and the dialogue. And in that, I would say this goes to past lives. Yeah, if we're if we're going off that uh, of of those credentials. Off yeah, of that and rubric. I think I think that the 
the operative word here is original. Mm-hmm. It always gets me. I'm always like, well, what is the most original? Though that's not technically what this award is, but past lives is sharp. I mean, it's like it's hard. You, you can't really compare it to any sort of romance movie you've ever watched before. No. Um, not to say these other ones aren't. There's some crazy. I mean, May December. Holy wow. There's. A, <laughs> I mean, that's that's its own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly original. But yeah. I, th- I agree. I think past lives is where I go here. Though, I, I mean, I wouldn't be mad with that or holdovers or anatomy of a fall, to be honest. And what I love about past lives is that it's got it's got beautiful language. It's got real language. It's got uh, profound language at times, but it never seems pretentious. It always it, that's right. flows with the character. Yes, because so many films cross that line, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and people, people celebrate it. Like, oh, look at this. Because they're, they're trying to show how smart they think they are mm-hmm. and i'm like no that's not accessible it needs to be accessible this is an accessible movie right for everyone so i like it kirk i like that pick i'm agreeing with you thank you past lives all right on to adapted screenplay now this one whew, this is the hotly contested category this is probably i mean this is this is the big one what i find interesting about these nominees obviously uh i should name the nominees american fiction barbie oppenheimer the zone of interest and poor things the interesting omission on this one was Killers of the Flower Moon to me. Oh, yeah. I was surprised by that because they nominated Marty for Best Director and they nominated the film for Best Picture. And De Niro. De Niro and not Leo, but it, it's just, it's interesting that it, it didn't get nominated here. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out what the hierarchy of these is. And obviously, I've not seen The Zone of Interest. That's the one blind spot I really have because it just hasn't been out around here. So I can't speak to that. But I'm not saying who I would take out. So I don't I don't really consider it a snub. But I was a little bit surprised by that. Yeah. I am down two on this. Uh, I've only mm. seen three of them. So it's tricky for me. It's tricky. Yeah. But I think Oppenheimer, 12 out of 13. I think Oppenheimer as well. I feel like this is like, you kind of have to get this if you're also going to get Best Picture. I feel like this would be the one where if they don't get it, everybody goes, ooh. You know what I mean? Like this is, this could, something could be brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about who is most likely to upset in Best Picture um, whenever we get to it, which is right now. Yay. Finally, we've made it to the Best Picture nominees. There's 10 of them. They are Poor Things, The Zone of Interest, Oppenheimer, Barbie, American Fiction, Maestro, Anatomy of a Fall, Past Lives, The Holdovers, and Killers of the Flower, Moon. Now, Kirk, you've already said Oppenheimer. I agree. I mean, you've seen our top 10 episode. We both love that movie. Stefano loved that movie. I have it number one. A lot of people have it number one. So the real question is, like, is there anything here that doesn't deserve to be here? What would you put in over it? Is there any real snub here? And who has the best chance at, at shocking Oppenheimer and stealing mm. a la Green Book? <laughs> or you know, you know what I mean? Like there's been a few over the years where it's like, whoa, yeah, spotlight, you know, like something comes in and just wins. Like, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I would say I think you could drop American fiction off this list Uh-oh. for me. And the, the people who could steal from Oppenheimer, there's only two. It's got to be Holdovers and Barbie in that order. Holdovers and Barbie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So it just depends how people were feeling and are feeling because I don't think their vote has officially taken place yet um, as of the date of this recording. But 
when they look at this list, do they want to make the statement for Barbie as best picture to solidify it? Um, or do they want to go Oppenheimer for everything coming together perfectly uh, in, in a magnificent way? Or do they want to go holdovers and say this was a beautiful narrative story that there were, were no miss, there were no missteps in it. So yeah. all compelling arguments. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's tough, man. I think for me, and this is a, a very controversial opinion, but if I were to drop one out of here, it would probably be Barbie. And I would probably put in one of the two fantastic animated films that yeah. came out this year, either uh, Across the Spider-Verse or The Boy and the Heron. I was really surprised that we didn't get a animated feature film. I think because they have their own category, the Academy feels like they can leave them out of this award. And I'm like, man, animation is in such a good place right now. There's so much good stuff coming out. Um, and this year was a great year for animation. I would have liked to see one of those. Um, I think I think the holdovers in Barbie is about accurate. Barbie could win just because the Academy wants to be like, listen, this thing was a freight train. Mm-hmm. And it did buku bucks. And people loved it. And it's not totally... You know, it's a little arty. It's it's not it's not totally you know what I mean. Like it's 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 not Avengers Endgame, right? So it's <laughs> it it has a little bit more artistic merit uh, per the Academy. So I could see them going that route, but I do think it's going to be Oppenheimer. Um, if the holdovers, like if if we get a Paul Giamatti, J- Divine Joy Randolph, and then the holdovers takes original screenplay, that could that could be the recipe. And if that starts brewing, it's going to be like, hold on now. Everyone really liked that movie. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I think it's Oppenheimer. I I think Oppenheimer wins. I'll be shocked if it doesn't. I have a specific theory with this year of the Academy Awards, and I think people say this like every year, but specifically this year, I really don't think the voters have seen all the films. I really don't. Yeah, no, definitely not. Because there are, of all the films that got left out, again, not snubs, it's just there's limited spaces, right? There are so many other options that you're like, huh, I wonder what the vote count was on that. I wonder why all of the big ones are just the biggest movies that came out this particular year. Yeah, it feels like a lot of the campaigning, because there is campaigning that goes on, obviously, for your consideration campaigns and things like that. It feels mm-hmm. like a lot of the movies that participated heavily in that which you can see on social you can see around you know uh were benefited by they that are. and you know i always think back at that kirsten dunst clip where she's getting interviewed and they're like did you watch all the academy award nominees this year and she or, or the academy the eligible films and she's like well i'm an academy member so yes <laughs> and i'm like she's in the minority yes. like i just think like and i think that's fantastic i think you should be if i was mm-hmm. in it I'd be watching all of them, mm-hmm. all of them. Um, but I don't think many people do. No chance. Yeah. But I, I like to think of her and Jesse Plemons because they're married. I like to think of them sitting in their movie theater at home yeah. and just turning it on and just relaxing. Watching like the Meg to the trench, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny nominated for an Academy Award. It's they're fantastic. Like <laughs> I, I love it. I love that too. That's a great visual. So, all right. Sounds like we're still in agreement. Oppenheimer uh, should take the bacon, but we'll see what happens on Hollywood's biggest night. And Kirk, I have to tell you, we, we do not have time for Animation Station this oh, time. Oh, I can sneak it in. No, no, I'm, I'm going to sneak no, it in no. while you play the outro. I know I can talk about it with <laughs> while, time. while I play the outro. <laughs> uh, thank you all for watching. 
If you have thoughts on the Academy Award nominations, first of all, if, it's not an if, mm-hmm. we know you do. We know you have thoughts. Mm-hmm. Please drop them in the comments or drop them somewhere on social. In our Discord server would be fantastic. We'd love to talk to you about it there. We can talk about it in real time. Please let us know your thoughts. I, I love talking about this stuff. We've got all the way until March 10th when these awards happen to sift through all of our feelings about these awards. So let's get into it. Um, we want to give a special thanks, as always, to our sponsor, St. Louis Area Smoothie Kings, as well as our executive producer, Ryan, his band, Rhetoric, who created the fantastic original music that you hear at the beginning and end of the show. And we will see you next time for our review of American Fiction. Talk to you then. And in Kiki's delivery service, no! Alan you got to took your look at the saturation of the moon. Oh, 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 oh